Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Assalamu alaikum, this is Noor Khufan, and you are listening to this Muslim Girl podcast. This podcast was created for myself to carry dialogues of open communication for Muslim women by Muslim women about various topics, but it also serves as a resource for women to have a platform to share their narratives of their successes, their struggles, and their experiences. More now than ever, Muslim women are being underrepresented and misrepresented in our communities and in the media. It is time that we created a space where we can hold the microphone and be able to truly and genuinely speak our truth. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this Muslim Girl podcast. This is Noor, and today I'm actually recording a Q&A because I posted about accepting questions about the podcast or about myself I guess and I knew of some common questions I'd get frequently that I wanted to address kind of all in one episode so I did that I have questions I'm going to answer them but to help me answer them I have with me Khalid Khalid Hussain <laughs> Khalid Hussain <laughs> Khalid is one of my best friends and she's actually the reason why I kind of wanted to get into podcasting and um, she's the first person that actually introduced it to me because for me, podcast was just an app that I knew was forced into my phone and I really didn't know much about what was on there. Um, but you, you were the one who was like all yeah, into but be- it. Before that, I had my podcast in, you know, those little pockets in your iPhone. The folders. The folders. And it just, it was on the second page, never opened it, just out of my way. Until a friend sent me uh, a link to a comedy podcast that he listens to. Mm-hmm. And little, I started listening to it, and then I started discovering the top charts and seeing that there's a lot of interesting things, like a lot of educational podcasts, a lot of comedy, a lot of... There really is something for everyone. Yes, definitely. Um, so I started listening to all these different shows, and it was... I stopped listening to music in my commute, and that's all I listened to, podcasts. And it was just a nice way, because I work five days a week, and it's just a routine. Mm-hmm. And being out of school, I feel like I'm not learning much. Right. It's just the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a nice way to learn something new just in those 30 minutes mm-hmm. of my commute. Some podcasts, can I plug? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, girl, plug. <laughs> So one of the one of my favorites is stuff you should know. Um, a lot of people think it's boring, but I think it's one of the no, best. You're a fan. You've went to see them twice. Oh yeah, I saw them twice. They're great <laughs> life. <laughs> um, this American Life is great, and it's it's been going on for years. I like those episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like one of the most popular podcasts. Yeah, really. it's it's also on the radio, not just the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been since the '90s, I think. Oh. And one of our friends introduced me to The Moth. Uh, I haven't heard that one. 
yeah, that one's great. It's people sharing their stories, and it's just very heartfelt oh, podcast. Nice. It, and it's comedy. There's a lot of comedy on there too. A lot of com- comedic stories. What's your favorite podcast? This Muslim girl. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Very <laughs> sure. It's the most relatable podcast so far. Yeah, because you, you and I pretty much share the same experience. I ask you that because there was uh, there was a Facebook post. So Khudud was in Malaysia oh, for a few weeks, and um, she just got back. And I think she posted something on Facebook about how podcasts will help her get over her jet lag. And uh, someone, I guess, asked you what you're, yeah, what you well, listen to, and so she's starting to list all these podcasts. I know you listen to, and I thought she's gonna, she's gonna plug in this Muslim Girl podcast. Obviously, it's one of her <laughs> favorite podcasts, and she did it. And I commented, and I was like, "What the hell, man!" <laughs> Ouch. Can I can I explain? Can I defend myself? You can try. It's it had been a while since you posted. It was just like not on my feet anymore. Mm-hmm. But still. <laughs> Like, so the stuff I listed were like the weekly stuff. That, the ones that regularly post. Yeah. Well, I'm a one-man And they were educational. Food. I didn't even plug like one of, some of my very, very favorite podcasts too. Okay. So we have a list of questions. Um, there, I, I didn't want to make this a really long one. So we just picked the, the most common ones. Um, the ones that uh, are probably more just like about how I got started in the technical stuff. And then I just wanted to note that I'm not a person that can officially or formally give any type of religious advice or even producing advice because I'm not a professional when it comes to producing like I'm everything is self-taught and everything I I do I do it by myself and as far as anything that I speak about religiously I'm not stating that I'm correct I'm just stating my experience and um, my interpretation and my view if you don't agree with it then that's fine Um, but I don't want anyone to hold anything against me because I'm not a scholar I'm not someone who's you know don't hold anything against me yeah, so we'll get started. What's the what's the first question, Khadud? So how did this Muslim Girl podcast start? Um, this Muslim Girl podcast started really with my interest in podcasts, which was because of you. And, um, you know, I started listening to them and realizing like, okay, this is really cool. Like this is very, I feel like, overlooked. Um, and not a lot of people listen to it. Or at least I didn't know a lot of people that listened to it. So one day I was just curious and I googled how to start a podcast because I wanted to see like can can just anyone create this or do you need to be part of like some type of media agency or group because <clears throat> I had no credentials. I, I know nothing about radio or journalism or anything like that. So I googled it and I found that the process was like something I could actually do and so I thought I want to do this but obviously like I needed to think about like what the hell it is I was going to talk about and like what I wanted it to represent I knew one thing and that was that I love hearing stories and I love sharing stories and I feel like I've been really lucky enough to meet some pretty amazing women that um, have inspired me and I just always wish that I could share these stories with not only other women but with my community in the in the sense of like the my Muslim community and my like greater American community because you know, I don't feel like our, our narratives are often um, told or spotlighted or often told at least truthfully. So I was like, that'd be really cool to just create a platform, have women come on, feel empowered to share their story, whatever it was about, and then hopefully have someone on the other end, the listener, you know, listen and be inspired by it or, or whatever it is. And um, 
yeah, that's pretty much how it got started. But to be honest, like I was really nervous about it and it took a really long time for me to to do it. Like I was doing my research and I was kind of thinking of what I wanted it to be and creating the artwork. Like all that stuff was really fun. But I think the actual aspect of recording was just really intimidating for me. And it's still it still kind of is like I've gone better, but it's still a little bit intimidating. But that's pretty much how it started. Yeah. And I think it's the perfect platform for a Yemeni yeah. woman especially when a lot of the women in our community do not share. Like, there's a cultural stigma with mm-hmm. sharing Yeah, uh, especially stories. if it's a negative yes. yeah. experience, then you're not you're not going to want to at least publicly share it. But here, one, you can share it if you want, as, as you wish, um, and you can share it uh, being completely anonymous in, in the sense. But next question. What's the next question? <laughs> Have you had success in trying to reach both women and men in your community through your podcast? Um, as far as reaching men and women in my community, to be honest, well, the way that I um, can see like my stats and stuff on the episodes, I don't know what ratio I have like between men and women. I think most of my listeners are women just because that's who I interact with the most. But I know I've been getting responses from men as well. I've had positive experiences from both. I'm not sure, to be honest, how impactful I've been as far as like getting um, the men in my community to listen. But I also think that a lot of men that don't that do listen aren't probably necessarily from within my community, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've actually met a man other than maybe my brother <laughs> who's listened to my podcast, uh, like a an a Muslim man. I don't think. Do you from think my like hometown. bigger cities where podcasts are more popular? Um, yeah, but also maybe just like connected, connecting with people on social media and like online and mm-hmm. them seeing it that way. They're just, they're uh, exposed to it. And so they listen to it and they'll comment or um, send me messages about like their, um, uh, per- like how they perceived the episode or what they thought about it, which it's always really cool to talk to people about, you know, after they've listened to it, what they thought. Um, but I, I think um, locally, I, I'm not sure, but overall it's, it's been okay but like I said I think it's mostly women that listen to my podcast I mean it's called this Muslim girl it's true so <laughs> thanks Falud for <laughs> no, saying I... the obvious no I'm just kidding <laughs> um, yeah I know um but, but I, I it's not meant to, I guess maybe then the title is uh, obviously it's going to attract more yeah of the female but it's it's not meant for only females it's meant for females in the sense of um as a resource but on the other end i want the people who are receiving it to be you know all kinds of people yes and men it's it is important for them to hear these stories oh yeah listen to the woman's perspective and certain issues definitely if you're listening to this podcast you need to send this to your brother not that maybe not this one but like any of the ones that you've liked your brother your husband your father your cousin your Your sons your sons get your sons into podcasts yes um, and there's other podcasts um, that are kind of similar in a way, maybe not exactly the same, but there's a lot of really good, um, I guess you could say, storytelling podcasts. So yeah. share those. Uh, have you been able to address certain issues that your community might be silent about? I think so. I think when I first started and so like my first, I think, three episodes that I recorded, I really wanted it to be um, very specific and kind of... Um, I wanted to talk about things that I knew weren't really talked about. And whether it's the episode with Anisa in which, you know, she talks about um, the stigma against being 
a certain age and not being married or if it's uh, the you know like the last episode that I did with Brenda talking about the the Muslim convert experience I think that a lot of these issues that we talk about are something that we overlook in our communities or we avoid them because it's it's too touchy um, people don't want to get involved in other people's lives they don't want to get involved to try to make something better to alleviate the issue that affects the overall community but for whatever reason it's often it's silenced and it's not addressed like in a in a bigger way uh, in a greater way that it should be uh you know i'm not looking specifically to address certain things because it's whatever kind of comes to me and whatever we can talk about i think there's a lot of things that can be addressed still um and you know i i look forward to hopefully meeting or finding the right people that are going to be comfortable sharing their story and helping other people understand the different type of struggles and the different type of successes because we want to be able to support people who struggle we want to be able to support people when they succeed um so i think i think so far i've it's been okay i'm 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 very happy with the content so far in terms of like what we've been talking about um do i think there's more uh things that i could talk about that are you know would make people more uncomfortable for sure uh, am i gonna do that probably but with the right person um but it's not like i'm specifically like it's not like i have a list of things i want to talk about and it's like check i talked about this you know so and i think a problem uh that we face uh, in our community even though our community is very close i mean we pretty much know everyone in mm-hmm. our community alhamdulillah but we're still blind to so many issues yeah. that happen within it people just don't share it's it just not something or people know when to. they're silent like they don't really there's there's a line you don't cross i think you can see something really bad happening to someone and you want to offer help or at least maybe speak to the person or try to help in any way but it's yeah. like it's it's kind of frowned upon because you're not supposed to cross that line yeah and they're pretty much afraid of judgment yeah which is our community is very judgmental i think so yeah, most communities are judgmental it's really unfortunate yeah definitely so that's that silence a lot of people when we have our community events and all these organizations that represent our community it's supposed to look out for the safety of everyone the you know ensuring that everyone is happy ensuring that Mm -hmm. everyone is doing okay and that they have support and resources but i think we draw a line at a certain point and that line is kind of where i want this podcast to cross um i want to i want to be able to bring everything that's on the other on the other side to the surface because it's not going to come out naturally or at least not just you know even if one person tries um they often i think get um pressured to shut up and mm-hmm. then it, it it goes away it literally disappears like stuff never happened people's experiences their struggles they deal with it and you would never know and that's that's sad yeah it takes a brave person to share their story mm-hmm. and it just it helps other people that want to speak up but you provide that person with a microphone a mouthpiece to be able to reach hundreds of people outside of their community then you're able to address issues without having to have like without the delay of waiting on people to be brave enough or strong enough to share those stories like it can still be reached and you know even just seeing the response of some of the episodes from some of the people it's being reached all over and they're responding back saying like I relate to this so much and like I loved this episode and I loved what this person said 
And it's like, wow, if, if it wasn't on the podcast, do they do, does that person have someone around them that would be able to say those type of things that was comforting, if that makes sense? Yeah, it can be very therapeutic. Just listening oh, yeah. to someone who went through an experience it makes you, similar to yours. Exactly. It makes you not feel alone. Um, also, if you if you listen to someone experience something worse than what you're going through, it makes you kind of grateful and it makes you kind of take a step back and think, okay, like I don't want to take for granted what I have. I'm very lucky. Um, you know, just all this, all the, these type of feels. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Next question. Have you dealt with uh, any negative comments on your podcast from your fellow Yemeni and Yemeniat? To be honest, no. Really? That's my answer. No. <laughs> I haven't really received anything negative. I mean, I think people will ask me maybe a question about... I honestly think the only thing that I can think of that was... It wasn't negative. It was just a question um, was probably an episode with that I did with Hannah um, talking about veganism and someone was like asking me about veganism and it was kind of like in a way contesting it but it was just like but it wasn't like anything serious i haven't received anything negative i've only received positive things knock on wood i mean alhamdulillah but i mean i i don't care like i i would love for people to you know if they're critical about things like i don't mind it i'm not opposed to you know having a conversation with someone that might disagree if anything like i would love to have conversations with people and kind of discuss our differences if they don't agree with something on the podcast or agree with what someone said um i want to learn more and maybe they can learn more so i think that would be interesting i think you've you've talked about a lot of um issues but there hasn't been something that's like something really very sensitive for next episode for, no, i'm just kidding you know a bigger reaction especially because i think that the dynamic like the dynamic of of ages that listen to the podcast i think is they're they're pretty open-minded so a lot of what i um share they kind of understand even if they don't agree with it they understand so maybe that's why there's no backlash or disagreement maybe i'm not sure next question do you plan on doing something bigger with your podcast uh and if so what's your goal the type of platform you would use uh, would it just be podcast or would you go into something like something bigger different. yeah something different well different i mean type i have of media i have a, a website but it's not like it's it's not it's just like it's a, a blog yeah it's it's something i just want to be able to if i have something important or interesting or a link or something that i want people to learn more about then i put it on the the, the website but um as of right now i mean no i don't really i just i really just want to i want to learn the craft of recording i don't think I, I don't think I expected to have so much struggle with audio and like the technical stuff with audio. And like I said, I don't have experience in this. And so I just really want to learn the craft, making sure I have really good, consistent content, really good, consistent editing, and hopefully getting more stories in. And um, yeah, I, I just want to basically be more efficient in producing. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. So most of these women that you've interviewed, um, well, not most of them, some of them are women that you've never met before. Mm-hmm. They're out of state mm-hmm. or live in a whole different city. Would you consider in the future, um, you know, having these convention where you invite people, women to speak? Mm. I don't know. That sounds cool. I mean, I've always had this idea of like having an all women's convention, like a Muslim American women's convention. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on, like as far as like in the blog, like fashion industry with with hijabis and stuff or like Muslim women. And that's cool. But I think it'd be really cool to just get women who are doing like really incredible things, uh, whether it's in like education or the workforce or with their family or with their community or in media, whatever it is, uh, together and like do a convention. Yeah, that would be really cool. But I, I wouldn't be able, obviously, to do it myself. But I know there's people like that. It could definitely work on something like this, and we can create it. But it would it would be really hard. It would probably need to be like an East Coast and a West Coast version of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would be dope. Okay, now we'll get into the serious questions. Wait, I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Keep going. Uh, how do you balance, Dean? um you don't balance them you juggle them you just you kind of go in between and I think depending on the day depending on what you're going through on your mood you know one is going to overcome the other and sometimes it's okay to you know sometimes they don't interfere with each other I guess I should say but I think that everyone could relate and I guess I should translate Dean and Dunya in, in Arabic uh, Deen means religion or your faith and dunya means uh, this world so how do you balance between your religion and this world because you know, we know that a lot of things are a struggle um, when you're trying to be a good person a pious person but at the same time we're all human we all make mistakes and there's a lot of temptations and sometimes it's not easy to be strong to walk away from them but I think that for me personally, what helps is one, accepting that I'm human and that I'm flawed and I can't be hard on myself and um, that as long as I'm not doing anything to personally hurt someone, if I truly feel like I've made a mistake, then I know that I'll be forgiven for it. It's just that I think there's a difference between when you make a mistake or you, you're not doing something that you're supposed to be doing as a Muslim and then it's completely different when you're harming other people. So... It really just depends. I think that as long as you have dhikr, like you're constantly thinking about, you know, uh, your spirituality and your faith and always being very thankful and grateful and not letting your relationship with God be something that's tentative or something that's uh, only only when it benefits you, you know? Mm -hmm. So to to have that connection during the good and during the bad, those type of things I think help you when you have temptation when you want to figure things out but it's really hard when you're young and you live in a a country a western country Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot going on you you struggle trying to like be happy I guess yeah so pretty much keeping that consciousness of your religion yes always in the background of everything you do in dunya 
you can do certain things, but I, I, I truly believe that as long as you have the good intention, even though from an outside eye it looks bad, as long as your intention is good. But that's such a hard question because I really do think that it's there's no answer for it and you're not. You're never, you're never going to reach a point where you're like, okay, like I've succeeded, I'm done, I've mastered this. It's going to be something you struggle with your whole life. So accept that and accept that you're flawed, but know that there's no reason ever that you should stop trying or stop learning. Like there's no point in your life where you become a Muslim that has graduated and like you've received a certificate and like you're done, you're checked out. Mm-hmm. Like there's always going to be room for improvement. So... I don't know if that answered the question, but that was my, yeah, my response. Next question. How do you think culture affects the religion? That is, uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> Just kidding. I think you and I talk about this a lot, and I think I obviously a lot of people talk about this, especially anyone that comes from some type of hybrid identity or hyphenated identity where they can kind of differentiate between uh, there are two cultures and then to have Islam be the way that they're supposed to you know kind of rule their life it's tough when you have two cultures because you find that sometimes Islam just gets lost in between it you. gets lost in between but it allows you know in some things in one culture it's fine and it's Islamically acceptable but the, in the other culture it's not and it's just, it's just very com- it's confusing and it's complex but for me personally I struggled a lot with religion um, growing up, especially when I was like in my mid-teens to like or, uh, later teens. I struggled because when I was young, I felt like I was really impressionable. I was naive, so I accepted a lot of things that people told me was religion, even though it was culture. And it was a lot of like tribalistic values, a lot of a lot of backwards thinking, a lot of things that didn't make sense, but I thought, okay, well, this is religion, so maybe it doesn't need to make sense. And like I accepted it when I was young, but I got older. And I realized this stuff is, it didn't seem right to me. Like, as a woman, I couldn't, as a woman, I couldn't sit back and, like, accept some of the the restrictions that were put on me because I, I am a woman. And it wasn't put on necessarily, like, my brothers. So I started having resentment, to be honest. And I know this is, like, kind of weird. And I, I never, never used to feel comfortable talking about it before. But now I'm, I, I think that a lot of people share this type of sentiment or this experience and, when they share their story, it made me more empowered to, to, I guess, talk about it too. But yeah, I went through a time where I wasn't re- really religious and I, I did the ritual stuff that you saw, but it almost felt like culture to me at that point. Fasting and praying was something that I did with my family, but it was culture. But I was completely disconnected. Like there was no link between me and God. And But I was unhappy and I felt like something was missing. So what I did, thank God for the internet, is I started researching about Islam and I started researching predominantly about women's rights in Islam and I learned so much it's like so many things and I, I you know if you listen to the episode with Hiba she talks a lot about a lot of the information about how prominent and how influential Muslim women were and how we don't learn about that stuff and we don't know about it and, and it's unfortunate so for me learning that it just just sparked my interest in it again and then I started learning and I found different types of scholars and teachers that I felt like I connected with. And then it just, alhamdulillah, like I, I, I refound my faith in the religion. And then it made me realize that a lot of it was culture. And then I thought, how many people actually think the way that I did or like 
had the same perception that thought that some of these things were religion not culture and then I would sit and have conversations with girls and I would see that they would have a lot of animosity towards religion because of things that they were held back and it made me think no like it's not just the culture like you need to know I mean it's not the religion it's it's the culture and and oftentimes there girls who are not educated on the religion and only know culture how are they supposed to differentiate or know the difference between the two and where it overlaps it's it's hard it's a struggle to kind of figure out between the two but religion should always supersede culture culture is a beautiful thing I have nothing against culture I love my culture but you know it's never it should never come before my religion yeah and also like researching your religion I think that helped you bring meaning to these rituals that you oh definitely like I was doing them and it had meaning and it brought me peace it wasn't just doing it because my whole family was doing it or because Mm -hmm. I didn't want someone to think that I'm a bad person because I wasn't fasting or you know but I don't know that's just my experience I'm I'm I I know you've had similar experiences but is there anything you want to add on to it as far as culture religion something that I saw in Malaysia which was really fascinating is the role of women I mean we come from we're Arab and the role of women is not very significant in the community Uh, but over there I saw a woman marching with the army fully covered in her hijab and she's marching with men wow and you wouldn't see that I you would not see that Uh, at least in Yemen you would not see that so Mm -hmm. it just it just shows you how like I'm sure they have their own culture which kind of clashes maybe with religion of course everyone's would with islam but it doesn't interfere with a woman having freedom and independence and a role and a role in society Mm -hmm. i was amazed by it me and willa were just like looking at her it was just one woman i don't care how many women just one woman marching with the men it's pretty interesting yeah how many more questions do we have pretty much two okay next question how do born muslims see convert muslims my own experience how i've seen it and how i've been how i've seen it and how i feel like people around me have seen it is we see it as such a huge commitment and such a courageous thing to do um one because it's it is a lifestyle change especially i i feel like when i meet women i mean we struggle with the hijab and we're we grow we grow up in a culture where it's it's accepted you know in yemen or within our own community so to come from a place where maybe you're family no one in your family practices uh wearing uh, the hijab or dressing very modest it's a brave thing to do but i think the the one thing that stands out to me and i and i mentioned it in the podcast is the idea of like you you convert and like you're you're it's like you're born again and we i feel like people are in a way like envious of converts it was such an eye-opening experience to see that it's not that it's not that sim- it's not that simplified for them and that that's not like there's so much more struggles and so much more areas of support that's needed for them than just the fact that we think that they're just like oh they're lucky because you it's know it's not like the their past life is erased from their minds no and th- yeah and exactly and i think that's what she was saying and what i think really stood out to me and stuck with me is mm-hmm. she's she said they struggle with that pretty much their whole life um i i don't know maybe different generations view converts differently People who come from, um, you know, anyone who's an immigrant that comes from a very homogeneous 
country and culture and where everyone looks the same and then they come here and everyone's different and they see Muslims who are black and white and Hispanic and just every culture, uh, I think they're a little confused. It's not like that they don't know what the concept of a convert is. I think it's just their first time meeting someone and so they're just like, oh, I wonder if, you know, like what their experience is like. Yeah, I pretty much had the same thought about, you know, you know, they start as a fresh person with zero recorded sins or, but really like that part when Brenda talked about their struggle with their past, um, I was just blinded to that. It just really opened my eyes into some, just maybe just one of their struggles. Mm -hmm. This is just probably one struggle they face among other things, you know, not being accepted in the community viewed as outsiders and and like their family dynamic like imagine being the only muslim in your house yeah. that's something we've never experienced what's the last question Khalud? Uh, last question how does someone start a podcast what are some recommendations that you would give to someone mm-hmm. that wants to start a podcast i i think I, what i want to do is i want to give some advice that i've learned kind of the hard way Um, but for the most part, to be honest, guys, like if you just go online and Google it, it's it's not that hard. Um, basically, what you do is you have to find some type of host. I use Lipson um, and I'll have like links and information and like, I don't know, videos, anything that I use that I found useful. I'll put it on like a, a blog post, but you you create an RSS feed. That basically iTunes extracts the information in the podcast from to put it onto their um, app. And so before you do that, you want to create artwork. So you're going to have to go through the whole like brainstorming of what it is you want to do. What do you want to talk about? What do you want your brand to, to represent? Create your artwork. Um, just make sure you're in spec with everything. And then record. Um, you know, obviously you're going to need a microphone. You're going to need a computer. To be honest, I don't think you need fancy equipment. Um, does good audio sound great? Yes. But should you have to spend a lot of money in buying these type of things? No. I honestly think if you use like your your iPhone headphones or just some type of headphones that has a sensitive microphone, as long as people understand and they can hear it and it's good, like high enough quality that it's, you know, loud and it's not low or muffled, you should be fine. So get that. If you have any type of computer, record with it. If you don't, honestly, you could still record like on your phone. This is if, if you're recording with yourself only. If you're going to have guests, the way I record is I use Skype if the person can't meet with me in person. if um, So if they're out of the country or out of the state um, or just far in general, um, I use Skype. I use this. I downloaded this application. It's called Call Recorder. And what it does is it kind of gets integrated into your Skype account. And whenever you open up Skype, it'll pop up and you're able to record the conversation. Um, and what's really cool about that, too, is that it can separate the two audio files. So it will have the person that's recording and you um, on separate audio files. So it might take longer to edit, but you can get a lot better quality in terms of like editing mistakes and stuff like that. So that's how I edit. Um, but yes, create content, record Just start off simple. I would say have about maybe at least two episodes recorded and then um, put them into the RSS feed. Um, there is like a subscription to it. So like Lipson, there's different price ranges, but you have to subscribe and have there is a monthly fee. So there's different platforms actually that you can submit your podcast to. It doesn't have to be just um, on the iTunes app because not everyone has an um, iPhone. And 
like Android users can listen through the Lipson website. But the way that I did it and the way that you submit through iTunes is, well, you have to have an Apple ID. And then what you do is you sign into what's called iTunes Podcast Connect. And when you get there, you basically just um, on the dashboard, you add that you want to create a new podcast. You enter the RSS feed. It's like a link which connects the two. And that's it. You basically and, and it's going to ask you for your artwork and stuff. And you basically have to just wait for it to get approved from iTunes. And that takes I think I, I waited no more than a week. They basically review it and see. And if it's been accepted, then within, I think, that day, it'll show up on iTunes, which was kind of, like, exciting, to be honest, when I first saw it. That's just, like, the starting um, point. I use GarageBand to edit, um, but you can also use different types of um, apps. I know there's, like, Audacity um, for anyone that ha- that doesn't have a, a MacBook or a Mac. But if I can give any advice, because my biggest struggle has been audio and maybe I didn't learn enough about it prior to recording but I've tried everything I've tried you know recording all into um one audio file and I've tried the the splitting the two different people like my audio is on one and someone else is on the other and that takes a lot of editing I've had the audio on one side to be very high and the other one to be very low and you have to make adjustments and sometimes it's not always going to sound good it's just it's really frustrating and so I think just be very proactive before you record and be aware of the, the issues that you might run into while recording. So there's nothing wrong with stopping, asking the person to stop or stopping, going back and just listening once in a while to make sure that the audio is good because it's going to suck if you complete the podcast and you felt like it went great and you go back and you're listening and then you find out that the audio, there was issues and that happened. I have an episode that I can't publish because I didn't realize that in the middle of it the quality was just really bad. There was a lot of fuzzy noise. And so I'm going to have to re-record that whole podcast. So just being very proactive and kind of like checking in once in a while and making sure that the audio is good. I, I Honestly, I don't know if I'm like the best person to talk about creating or be, I guess creating a successful podcast because Alhamdulillah, although it's been very, it's been doing very well, I'm still very new to a lot of this. And I know that there's a lot I can learn and I've learned from other people. In terms of getting started, that's the route that I went. But you know what? You don't learn until you try. So if anyone's interested in making a podcast, do it. Um, it, it won't cost you much. You can do it on a very, very low budget. And as long as you care about what you're doing, people are going to listen. And don't be like, don't be obsessed with numbers because I kind of was. Um be obsessed with the reactions you get from people and the interaction you have with people. Those, I think, mean more than anything else. You need to be comfortable. And I'm not saying I was comfortable in the first episodes I recorded, but you built that comfort. You have to be confident because you're going to have people on and you want to be engaging with them. And, you know, this is stuff I'm trying to work on. But you have to be comfortable. You have to be confident. Do your research. Always be prepared. You know, have your notes. Have questions. But also be open to the fact that, you know, you might have to go on tangents or the conversation might take another route and that's okay too. So it's, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone's going to create one episode and be amazing at it with no experience. So my advice would be is if you want to do it, research it, learn about it, and then do it. And the first few times you do it, they're not going to be great. And if you want to know, if you want proof, go to my first few episodes and listen and you'll see. But that's okay. The message is getting across and that's all that matters. Is that it? 
that's it awesome all right well thank you everyone for listening if you made it this far i hope i answered those questions and i hope that you enjoyed this episode i'm really grateful for Khudud for joining me and asking me these questions so i didn't have to do it by myself thank you thank you for having me am i I gonna be able to have you again that's the question (laughs) i'll appear as a light guest every now and then i guess awesome maybe if i have more questions in the future then we'll do a part two but i think this is like gonna cover the most common questions i don't i don't know if there would be more questions to be honest but as always if you like this episode subscribe to the podcast um follow on the instagram and on the twitter and on the facebook and um oh everyone go go rate and comment on the podcast yes we want to see your views yeah like even if it's something that's you know a little critical just don't be mean okay be nice (laughs) but go write a review thank you for listening and inshallah i'll see you guys in the next episode anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.